Amen. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Mine was fantastic, and I just want to share some things that I'm thankful for today. I'm thankful for my church family. You guys have been so good to Kat and I. Uh, even when we weren't here, you were good to us. You've always been good to us. And uh, we've been back six, seven months. That goes by quick. And y'all have been so precious to us, and you have blessed us so much. And to our Wednesday night Bible study folks, I just want you to know how much you mean to me. You encourage me. You pour life into me. And I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart how thankful I am to you. And I'm thankful for my family today. It's something that I almost lost once. And to have it today is precious. And we had a house full of grandchildren. We had all four grandchildren with us. And uh, we had uh, sons and daughter-in-laws. And it's interesting trying to prepare a message while you've got all these people in your house. I had to lock myself in the bathroom one time just to get some privacy. And with five women in the house, I didn't last very long. But most of all, I'm thankful this morning for my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ, for what he's done in my life, how he's changed me and transformed me, the life that he's given me. He has been so good, good to me. And it's my honor this morning that I get a chance to share the gospel message with you and to share about my Lord and Savior. So if you have your Bibles this morning, uh, if you stand with me, we're going to read from the book of John, chapter 1. Verse 1 through 14, we have it on the screen if you need to use it. John 1, 1 through 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, personified, capitalized, depicting Jesus. It's Jesus as the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, Jesus, was with God. And the Word, Jesus, was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God, and his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Pray with me. Father, this morning we just pray that you remove me out of the way, remove my insecurities out of the way. And may your will be done. Lord, open our hearts. Open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears. That we may see and hear what you would have to speak to each one of us this morning. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. The title of my message this morning is, you can be seated. That's the title, you can be seated. 
If you had a mic, I'd turn it off. (laughs) The title of the message is Jesus Gives Life. I want you to consider life for a minute. Just consider the fact that we are breathing standing here today. We're taking in air and we're breathing. You can feel your heart beating so that you know that you have life. And we can't see it or feel it, but our brains are actually functioning. Some people's are functioning better than other people's brains are functioning. But they're functioning and they're causing everything to happen. They're speaking to our bodies, telling it what to do. But life is more than just saying that we are living, breathing beings who work and play and do all the things that we do through the day. According to John, it's impossible to define life without Jesus, physical or spiritual, because he started it. It was his idea from the very beginning. He decided, hey, I'm going to create things. And so he steps out on nothing and speaks and creates the heavens, creates all the stars and creates the earth and creates everything that's in it. He formed it. He fashioned it. He took a clump of dirt and formed it in the form of a man. And in Genesis it teaches us that he just breathed into this dirt and it became alive. He, Jesus, is life and he is light. If you take Jesus away... There is no life. And if you take Jesus away, there is no light to see by. And John tells us in our text in verse 4 and 5, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Unless you have an extreme phobia, you don't go around all day wondering if you're going to have life at the end of the day. We sort of take it for granted. We take for granted that the light switch is going to come on when we flip it. We take for granted that the sun's going to come up tomorrow morning and we make plans for tomorrow. But I'm telling you this morning that the context of the light and life of Jesus is something far greater than just that. In Colossians 3:2, it tells us that we're to set our minds on things above and not on earthly things. So this morning I'm asking you to look at what we're talking about with eyes of faith. Take your eyes off the things of this world and all the things going on in your life, all the issues, and look up and look to Jesus. Let your spirit man see the spiritual aspect of the life and the light that Jesus gives because his light in life is exactly what we need. It's what our nation needs today, is the light and the light of Jesus. It's what our world needs. It's what our families need. It's what each one of us in this room needs. We need it to heal our land. We need it to overcome racism. We need it for our church to be everything that it should be. We need it to move our country in the right direction. We need it to strengthen our families. We need it to bring salvation to those who are lost. And we need it to accomplish all of God's plans and purposes for our lives. And without Christ, we can never do this those things it's the light and life of Jesus that will overcome the darkness that pervades our culture today and nothing else but Jesus will do he's the answer yesterday today and forever yes the first chapter of John is filled with a lot of solid foundational theology and doctrine that sets our faith apart from all of other faiths and I want to share a couple of them with you In verse 4, it says that Jesus is the giver of life. Without him, we have no life. And in the book of John, John says 
36 times that in him was life. Jesus says over and over that he is life. He told Martha before he raised Lazarus from the dead, I am the resurrection and the life. And he told Thomas, who doubted that he had even raised from the dead, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus said that I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus gives us physical life. You're alive today because Jesus created you. But better than that, he gives us a life that is a divine gift that you can't get any other way except through faith in him. Second thing is this, in verse 9, it says that Jesus is the light bearer. John said that life was the light of men, and it's that light that points men towards God. Without the light of Christ, you can't even begin to see or understand the things of God. John links life with Christ. No Christ, no life. So also John links light with Christ. No Christ, no life, no light. In John's day, light was symbolic of deity. So this is just another way of John reiterating to us that Jesus is God. He is life and he is light. He gives life, both physical and spiritual, and he is the light that allows men to see what they otherwise could never see. The third thing we see is darkness. Darkness is kind of the villain in the story. He says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Darkness is the antithesis to the light and life. Darkness describes a life without Jesus. And especially the world that's turned its back on Jesus. You could say that darkness also describes Satan, who's the power of darkness. And it describes the works that he does in people's lives and in the world. Our text says that the darkness has not understood the light. And what we see going on in our world today is simply darkness trying to make sense of a world gone crazy. That's why it is so absurd at the things that we see. Racism is one of the things that is at the forefront of everything we see going on in and around our country today. The world is clamoring and arguing and debating and becoming violent towards one another because it doesn't understand the light. It can't see. Jesus is the answer to racism and nothing else, and I can prove it to you. In Philippians 2, 3 and 4, It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. I had an experience last week I want to share with you. I had a black brother of mine who was also an associate pastor at his church in Warner Robins. And he and I disagreed on a political issue that had to do with racism. And I'm so grateful today because that brother called me. And he was upset that I disagreed with him. And, and, uh, and we began to talk. And I think when we first started talking, I sort of took my position and he sort of took his. You know, we were ready to do political battle with one another. And we had only talked about a minute maybe 
And something began to change because I think that the spirit inside of me and the spirit that is inside of him began to connect. And as we talked, we began to discover that who we are as brothers in Christ was of far greater value than any political thing that we could ever disagree on. And there were walls that were broken down in our conversation. Something changed, and he began to prefer me, and I began to prefer him. And I realized my love for him was far greater than winning any kind of argument with him. You know, and I don't know the answer for racism in our country. I don't, I don't know the process that would go through. I know the one thing that really disturbs me is the fact that we have black churches, white churches, Hispanic churches, Asian churches. There's one church of Jesus Christ, only one. But I do know that to prefer one another, to put others ahead of your own self, you've got to be proactive and reach out. And I'm so grateful today that my brother in Christ reached out to me. If we can overcome racism together, then so can our church. And how can we ever expect the world to overcome racism when the church hasn't even done it yet? We pray, Lord, help us. Lord, let your light shine in the body of Christ that we may not be separate anymore, but that we come together. That's the difference between darkness and light. Light changes things. Jesus is the answer to our sin problem. He's the answer to our relationship issues. And all the dysfunctions that we carry around us in our life, Jesus is the answer. In my life, uh, I shared my testimony here a while back, and I want to give you a very short version of it. I got saved back in 1985 and, and fell in love with the Lord and began to serve God and love what he was doing in my life. But one of the things I did is I held on, I, I had a hold of Jesus, but I was also holding on to the world with this arm too. And I'm just telling you here today that that doesn't work. And as I was pursuing even God, I had a calling in my life for ministry and I pursued that. But it just didn't work, and everything in my life began to fall apart. A lot of things happened in my life, and I became angry, and I became bitter. And I eventually turned, and I walked away from the Lord. Left church, because I thought church was my problem. I thought God was my problem. I thought that crazy pastor we got was my problem. And I discovered later that that was the only thing that was really giving me life. But I walked away from God, and in that period of time in my life, I was unfaithful to my wife. Also went back to what I knew and I became addicted to drugs, the methamphetamine addiction. And long story short, my life fell apart. I was a 130-pound skeleton and I looked in the mirror one day and realized that if something didn't change, I, was, I wasn't going to make it. I knew that I was going to die. I'd lost my job. I had wasted away any kind of retirement that I had. My broke my wife's heart my family was devastated and I was living with my parents and was getting kicked out of their house basically and I just hit bottom and I finally came to a place I said okay God okay I don't have anything else what else am I going to do and it was in that moment that I I finally just gave everything to him and I said Lord you can have it all here's all of it take it no matter what, Lord, I'm going to follow you from here on out because I've messed it up so bad and I can't fix it on my own. And in that point, God began to intervene in my life and he brought people into my life and 
uh, he gave me, he showed me the way to walk out of that. And the greatest gift that he gave me was a wife that didn't give up on me, maybe even when she should have. My wife had people encouraging her to divorce me and to leave me. And she heard a word from the Lord that said, I'm not done with y'all yet. Now, she was tough on me. She drew a line in the sand. She said, we're not living like that, buddy. I'm not going to be one of those wives that's going to take you back. You're going to cheat again and come back, cheat again and come back. That's not going to happen. And so I gave everything. I said, Lord, baby, I'm willing to do anything, anything. I gave everything to the Lord, and he began to change and transform my life. I told him, I said, whatever it says in your, I don't care what anybody else says. If it says it in your word, that's what I'm going to believe, Lord. And I'm going to live by that and nothing else. And through those things, God began to change me and transform me. God restored me into ministry. God restored my marriage with my wife. God restored my family. He's been so good to me. And he's taught me so many things about himself. No longer am I hooked to the world and to Jesus. I'm taking off the old man and putting it away and putting on the new man. Because he's alive and he gives me life and he gives me hope and nothing else ever has. And I've learned a few things as I went through that I want to share with you. One of them is this. Jesus gives us what we could never get on our own. Man, I pursued fulfillment on my own, looking for it in everything. But he gives us what we could never get on our own. He loves us when we are unlovable. I mean, who does that other than maybe a mama? But he loves you when you're unlovable. You don't have to be good for him to love you. He loves you even when you're at your very worst. He paid the penalty of death and he brought us life. Who else could do that? I'm alive today because of him. He forgave us our sins. Who else would do that? He's given us purpose and meaning. Where else could we find purpose and meaning? I never found it in anything else in this world. He reconciled us to God and to each other. He's prepared a place for us in eternity. He's filled us with his very own spirit. He keeps us and he protects us and he leads us and he guides us. He hears us and he listens to us and he's compassionate with us. Jesus cares about us and he cares about you this morning. No matter where you are, he withholds from us what we deserve to get by giving us mercy Thank God I didn't get what I deserved. And he gives us what we don't deserve through his marvelous grace through which he saves us by. He's promised that what is his will all be mine one day as well. Jesus gives us everything we need for life and for eternity. He gives a drug addict a pulpit to preach from. Who else would do that? He gives the broken marriage a second chance. Who else can do that but Jesus? He gave an evangelist named John Wood a vision for a church that's birthed seven, eight, or nine other churches that are all flourishing. And I believe the best days of that church are still in the future. Only Jesus can do that. He gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything. Only Jesus can give that. And I know that because I've tried everything else and none of it worked. Only Jesus could change my crazy life. And praise God that he did. This is the kind of thing that the world is groaning for today. And this is the kind of thing that people who don't know him are groaning for today. They just don't know yet 
that Jesus is what they need. Second thing is this. Jesus gives us something better than what we can give to ourselves. In John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it to the full. So Jesus promises us a rich, full life. I like that, don't you? That's good. Full life is translated abundant, overflowing, life beyond one's wildest dreams. Does that describe your life in Christ today, or does that describe the life that you want? It means that we have a life that is full of energy, purpose, significance, hope, and joy with an outlook for an even greater future. I like that too. And that should be what defines our life. That should be what we want to define our life. And recently, God gave me some examples of the richness and the fullness of my life. One of them was this. My mom has always been, uh, you know, she's just the best mom that there's ever been. Sorry if you think your mom's the best mom that's ever been. And, uh, and I'm so blessed to still have her at 83. And as I was going through all my crazy years when I was young, and even in my drug addiction, people would go to my mom and talk to her. And they couldn't get over how at peace she was. They said it was almost like she wasn't even worried about you at all. And I went to my mom not too long, not too long ago, a couple years ago, and I said, Mom, when I was at my worst, when all that stuff was going on, you were at perfect peace. How could you be so at peace with what was going on in my life? She said, well, it's very simple. She said, when you were a baby, you had allergic reaction to penicillin. And the doctors told us they did not know if you would live through the night. She said, I went into the chapel, and I got down on the floor, and I began to pray for you. She said, God spoke to me, and she said, and he said to me, he will be a preacher one day. And all I knew was that you hadn't been a preacher yet. So I'm a product of a promise that God gave to my mother. That's a rich, full life. You can't buy that kind of stuff. Another thing is when I was pastoring at Oasis Community Church in Byron, we had a prayer night on Tuesdays. I have a sister that's four years older than me, and uh, she uh, decided she would come to our prayer group. And my sister has never been a part of church or anything to do with church. And she would, come, she would come to our prayer group. And for several weeks she would come and she never prayed. Never prayed. And one day I asked her, I was like, you don't ever pray. You, you feel nervous? She said, I've never prayed in public before. I said, well, it's okay. You can sit and just and pray along with us silently. But I was there one night and we were praying. And all of a sudden my sister started praying. And she began to pray the most amazing prayer that I've ever heard. And she wept as it come out of her. And I got to witness my sister praying out loud for the first time. And I was just thinking how rich that is. That was an incredible gift for me that you couldn't give me enough money for. Another thing that shows how rich my life is is how my wife loves me. is absolutely amazing. The other day... We were riding in the car, and I saw her in the back seat, riding with the grandkids, and she had her eyes closed, and I was watching her, and then she opened her eyes, and we made eye contact, and I said, are you praying? She said, mm-hmm. I said, are you praying for me? She said, mm-hmm. Last night, I woke up, and my head was on fire. It was just hot right here on top. I woke up, 
And my wife had her hand on my head. And I could hear her praying in the spirit over me. Do you have any idea how rich that is? What a rich life God's given me. Jesus didn't say that life would be easy. My life's not easy. But he did say it would be full. He did say that it would be rich. It's full of his goodness. It's full of hope. It's full of joy. It's full of love. And it's full of power. He turns despair into hope. He turns bondage into freedom. He turns confusion into clarity. He turns hostility into peace. He turns sickness into health. He can turn death into life and the destiny of hell to a home for heaven. And we don't deserve it just like we sang, but he gives it to us anyway. Praise the Lord. Jesus helps us find our way. Jesus helped me find my way to him. We talk about that. He'll overturn stones. He'll go as far, he ha- as, far as he has to go and take any measures to run us down and to capture us and to find us and to show us our way. See, Jesus is light. Light is something that makes visible vis- vision possible. It makes it so we can see. It's that simple, just so we can see. In John 12, 46, Jesus said, I've come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. In John 3, 1 through 9, it tells a story of a man named Nicodemus who came to Jesus. I want to read it to you. It says, now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God For no one could perform the signs that you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb and be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You, should, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. Uh, if our musicians could come. How can this be, he asked. Maybe this morning some of you are here and you're asking that same question too. How can this be for me? How can the rich, full life I hear that guy talking about, how can the process of being born again be for me? There's a few things about Nicodemus I want to share with you. One is this. It says that, he came at night. Some people say that he snuck in, he didn't want to be seen, and all this thing. I just see it as he came kind of off the grid. It's kind of like if you were on a committee with somebody else and you just went to him behind the scenes. He said, hey, man, let's just let's talk. Tell me what the real deal is here. And I, I think that's how we came to him. And I wanted to tell you, you can come to Jesus that way this morning too. Right now. It's like, Jesus, what's the deal? me reveal it to me show me and if you have a heart to see and if you have an eye willing to look he'll show you 
He was curious about Jesus because of all the things that he had witnessed Jesus do. And maybe you've witnessed Jesus working in other people's lives and you behind the scenes, you watch them. You try to learn from them and you wonder, could that be for me? I see a joy in them even when they're going through the most difficult of times and I can't find that joy for myself. Is it possible that maybe that joy could be for me too? He was sincere. He wanted to know the truth. And I don't think there's a person in this room that doesn't really want to know the truth about life and about eternity. We want to make sure we get that right. Last week, Pastor John talked about how many churches give a watered-down version of what the gospel is. You won't get that here. Not from me and not from Pastor John. Being born again is essential for salvation. You must be born again. Faith in Jesus alone is what gives us that new birth. We need to understand what our condition is. Our condition is this. When Adam and Eve sinned, it separated them from fellowship with God, and they took on a sin nature. They were separated from God. And God is perfect and holy. In order for sins to be forgiven, there has to be a sacrifice. And of all the sacrifices that could be made, none were worthy. So God himself had to come as the word, as the light, and as the truth. And he dwelt among us, and his name was Jesus. And he was the only one that could live a perfect life and give his own life as a sacrifice. And he willingly went to a cross, and they nailed him to the cross, and he died. And he was buried. But he was raised again on the third day. And simply by believing, an act of faith of believing, we can be born again into his kingdom. The old sin nature taken off. And the nature of righteousness given to us. You know, one of the beautiful things about Jesus is not only did he give his life for us, but he's also given his life to us. He's filled us with his own spirit. He enables us to live the life that he's called us to live. He gives us grace. The Bible says that we are saved by grace through faith. And so simply by faith and believing in him, he gives us this grace and he forgives us of all of our sins. And we become a family of the Lord. We become his child. I want to give you a little picture of what grace is like in the life of a believer. There's a lot of teaching about grace, but I want to give you a visual maybe today. Years after Kat and I had been, our marriage had been reconciled and we had come together. I was sitting there looking at her. She's the perfect wife. Everything a wife should ever be. She's shaking her head. No, yeah, you are. Always faithful to me, always loving, always kind, always encouraging. And I looked at her and I said, how could you forgive me for what I did to you? She looked up. She said, because Jesus forgave me. How could I not forgive you? And I realized she understood that apart from Christ, she was no different than I was. 
she received God's love, God's grace, and God's forgiveness. And she was able to give God's love, God's grace, and God's forgiveness. That's a rich, full life. And this morning, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes. This morning, the light is here in this room. His name is Jesus. And he's offering life to anyone who would believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Maybe this morning, today is your day. Maybe this morning you don't know that relationship with Jesus. You haven't believed. And with no one looking around the room, I want to ask if that's you this morning. If you want to receive Christ into your life, and if you're believing in Christ for your Savior this morning, I just want you to raise your hand and let me see you this morning. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And maybe there's someone else in this room today. And as you heard my testimony of one arm hooked to the world and one arm hooked to Jesus. If that's ripping your life apart today like it was ripping my life apart today. And you want to repent of that today. You want to change that today. I want you to raise your hand. Let me see it today. No one's looking around at you. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. several people today making that decision Lord we thank you for your spirit Lord thank you for your heart thank you for your love for us thank you for your grace thank you that you are our light and our life Lord close out John I don't want this to be heard as a compliment I want it to be confirmation rarely have I heard a more sound clear description of Jesus being light and life and we just give the Lord glory for that message this morning